in a world in crisis. Can three idiots find hope in the darkest of places? Will love conquer all, or will hate win out in the end? This is a show called Hate. show called hate a podcast in which we explore love hate and everything in between in search of greater meaning and perhaps a little perspective i'm john i'm nick i'm chris oh and we're coming at you oh we're coming at you live whether you like it or not straight into your ears against your will that's a show called hate yeah oh no that's our that's our new strap (laughs) oh god i I wish it wasn't but we can't take it back now (laughs) Well, um, it's been um, it's uh, day three hundred and something. I don't three hundred and XDX. It's the it's the three hundred and tenth of June. <laughs> Isn't it weird how like I I think at one point it was like okay at one point it was scary. It was like okay we're going into lockdown, and it's like we're here for you. You know, us <laughs> and other content creators out there, we're gonna really just double down and make it great. Like, yeah, we, we've got your back. If anything, get... if anything, people are getting too much service. I yeah, say. I feel like it's the new normal now. And so, like, when we say, like, hey, you know, we're here for you. We're we're, we're still making content. Everyone's like, well, I fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so am I. I mean, like, you know, the bins aren't going to empty themselves. Like, you got to you got to just keep on it. And yeah, well, that's one. Of, that's one of my only jobs. What, that, I'm still, that I'm still regularly doing when I'm prompted anyway. <laughs> just, when you're just reminded. Let it, just, just let Please it do over. the bins. Oh, for God's sake. Ah, it, it does. It really does feel like, I reckon like the last two weeks, like we've, I don't know. It's like we've got, we've passed, passed a threshold somehow. Yeah. Like it was scary. It was exciting. It was boring. And yeah. now it's just kind of, it's like it's like it's this multi-stage thing, isn't it? And, and the first stage is like anger, and then the next stage is fear, <laughs> and then the next stage is boredom, and now it's like acceptance. And I, and I honestly think like just as we're getting to a point that maybe things are going to get alleviated, is at the point where I've been like, actually, I'm used to this now. Yeah, this is all, I, can't, this is okay. I can't not do this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm quite honestly terrified about my ability to cope with re-entering normal society. Sure, I just we're think, gonna have to ease into it. Yeah, but I think it's less an issue of me being worried about it, and more an issue that I just won't do it. Like my natural state won't be, oh, we could go out into town, or we could go get go have a meal. My natural state will be must stay inside, protect yeah. the <laughs> NHS, be alert. You know, <laughs> stay alert. Stay, don't stay alert. Stay alert. Look don't behind. stay alert. Go outdoors. <laughs> don't go outdoors. Try being a bit alert, but only a little, but be not too much. slightly alert unless I... you don't want to be. But even then, be a bit alert, but, but not really, in a way. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't want to be or can't, still try to and be. And then but something may or may not to, happen. But do. <laughs> and it's like, what is it, like zoos are reopening? Thank God. Thank what? God. I have, Specifically I have been zoos. pining for yeah. the zoo. That is so, like, I have been craving the penguin exhibit like a crazy person. <laughs> it's like... 
<laughs> zoos and safari parks, but not petting zoos. And okay, good, yeah. And uh, yeah. garden centres with an aquarium in them, but not a re- but not aquariums are now. Open. Have you ever reached? Have you ever reached for the same guinea pig oh, as someone no. else at a petting zoo and thought, that's, that's "Oh a no, thing worse than death." <laughs> the virus. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll... A guinea pig is basically a sponge. It's like if you For were viruses. wiping down a bar and there's yeah. like this one rag, it's like <laughs> I would rather lick that rag than touch a guinea pig. That's how disease ridden. How yeah. much skinnier would a guinea pig be if you shaved it? It'd be a skinny how, pig. How fluffy reckon, are they? I reckon it would be like a worm. Okay. I've seen I buy that. Because they are a, <laughs> they are a delicacy in certain countries. Like I've oh, seen really? a cooked guinea pig. I bet it's small, like a chicken nugget or something. Yeah. I seem to remember it had like a horrible. I don't think. It's... I don't think when you when you've plucked a guinea pig or shaved it <laughs> and cooked it, it's. It's probably all. Well, bones, I don't think it was particularly it's, happy it's, about it's it. It's probably all bones by the time you've cooked it and eaten it. It's probably like a bit of yeah. gristle. I think the soft, cuddly nature of them is the hair entirely. I feel like the smart guinea pig eater kind of keeps the fur like a bib like you know right. if it's cooked correctly it comes to you with its fur on right. and you just kind of like yeah. peel it off in one piece Wow! And like- would you rather have to eat one of every animal like every animal or have to collect taxidermy one of every animal <laughs> I've got so many questions like how quickly do I have to eat all the animals is it in a day well, you get this. No, you you get. Um, let's say. Are they pre-cooked? For every for every animal, no, you have to cook them. Do you have to kill and them? Stuff them. You have to kill them, <laughs> stuff and or cook. You them. have to kill them barehanded. You have to wrestle them and to they, the ground. And you can't hide them in the loft. They have to be on display. So what you're basically saying is the right. first two steps in each scenario are exactly the same. Yeah, fight and kill. Yeah. But then what do you do after that? Eat or stuff. Well, it's... eat or stuff. Hashtag eat or stuff. That's a good name for a game show. Someone write that down. Do you or, have to cons- or we keep that for our next bit of merch because this is gold. <laughs> do you eat or stuff? Do you have to consume the entire animal, or can you just have a like um, a portion? <laughs> no, you have to eat all of its meat. All of its. I mean, like for example, a horse. You don't have to, you don't have to eat its bones, but you can if you would like to. Oh, that's great! Thanks for the option, though. That's great. Yeah. So. Um, Okay, so back on the taxidermy option, do we have to store them in the house? Yeah, like in the front room, yeah. They have to be on display. So it's like one of the first things people see when they come to your house. But all every the animals animal. in the world, I mean, that's... Yeah, one, uh, one of every animal, and you have to stuff it yourself do you think... and do whatever taxidermy I think I'd probably, I'd probably eat them. Do you think this is yeah. the exact same question that God put to Noah? <laughs> you can yeah. either save them... You can, eat e- you them. can either save or stuff. Save or stuff. That's your options, Noah. No, okay. no, no. It was the exact same. He said, he said you can either eat them or you can stuff them. Eat or stuff. And he saved them eat in a boat, stuff. which actually really angered God because he was like, this was not an option. This, yeah. I said, I said, save or stuff. I said, save. I said, eat or stuff. And you've saved them. You, you, you. No, shit. Homer, I told you to say your uh, pumpkins before Halloween, before. I mean, uh. my, my concern would be, I'd be like, well, many, there's many issues here. Most of them. Yeah logistical but yeah most what, of them are <laughs> like what what's your definition of animal do you mean every living creature that's, that's a weird does, that's a weird question does an insect come into this for example yeah. do i do i have um, to stuff an ant 
But then an in and I would say eating an insect would be much easier than stuffing an insect. It's not. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I this guess. is why this is why we want to know. We want clarity. We want clarity. This changes one of things. one of every animal. How many times do I have to say it? So you're Maybe saying a few more of, times? The, of the kingdom animalia. So oh, everything yeah. that is not like a bacteria. And, and I'm including a human in this as well. Okay. Oh, oh God, the deadliest okay. game. You have to choose. <laughs> you have to choose one human because you only have to eat one. It's human. like it's like that graphic on The Simpsons where it's the food chain and all the arrows point to a human. <laughs> I mean, following this logic, you, you'd only have to pick and eat one human being. So it's kind of choosing, is yeah. it someone important to you or someone utterly unimportant? It's which of your enemies would you rather either eat or have in your front room? Yes, I see. <laughs> wow. I'm silent well, because I'm genuinely considering. considering. Yes. I definitely... It's one, of, it's one of life's big questions can now. You decide, can you determine the order... That you yes. tackle the animals you can, in. You can decide in what order you do this, yeah. I, I definitely think... I'm not unreasonable, John. I definitely think that cooking and eating an animal, no matter what the animal is, is considerably less horrific than learning to stuff its corpse with stuff and preserve yeah. it. Yeah, you see that... But some people have chosen to do that. Yeah, but those people are very They're far from me mentally, I believe. Yes, hope so. <laughs> but you, but Nick, Nick raises an interesting point as well because there are probably if you're classing everything that isn't a mushroom or a plant then it's mm, like or, it or a bacteria or a um archaea the other the other type or whatever it is like so you've got a you've got your natural human lifespan your remaining time on earth bear in mind it can't, it can't yeah. be done you can i'm speaking for all of think? us now we've all wasted how many how many three years of our life you have to kill how many animals would you have to kill per annum it's probably millions. Mm. Even yeah, well, right. yeah I mean, probably. I've made a, I've made a start because I've got a few in the loft. But how? What if long you could? Would it take to eat like a lion? I reckon a lion roughly. could last you a week if you, see, you preserve the meat yeah. well. But this is but this is the problem. If you if you've got enough meat from a lion to last you a week, and you have to consume everything edible on that animal. That's a, that's a week's worth of meals you're missing out on that could be not, other not animals. If you have it, yeah. Not if you have it for every meal. I reckon so. If you eat three times a day, big meals, three times a day, and snack during the day. It's all lion. Like let's, let's say you have two snacking sessions, so that's five portions of lion okay. per day. That's, tw- uh, that's uh, the, the, whatever the sum is, 35 portions of lion in a week. I reckon you could eat a lion in thirty-five. Okay, think okay. How, think how big a steak is, though. That's like fuck all to a li- to a lion's overall yeah. volume. I mean, I mean, I won't lie to you. You will put on weight if you undertake this challenge. <laughs> it's yeah, not a diet. You're worried about like you know how am I going to realistically portion out this food? I'm talking about the time lost. I mean, like yeah. to be to be truly yeah. efficient. Oh here. yeah, it will. You'll look back on your life, either either option, and just think, oh, I've wasted my life here. Well, yeah, because I mean, you, be, won't, you won't even finish the task. It'll be impossible. It'll be a, it'll be a full-time commitment because in, you, yeah. you need to have the next animal lined up immediately after you finish the first one. Otherwise, yeah. you know, oh, you're yeah, wasting time. So. so in the rest of the time that you're not eating, you're out there fighting hand-to-hand with yeah. animals. Yeah. But that's how you keep fit because you're eating a lot of red meat. <laughs> I'm just saying there aren't enough hours in the day. Like, if it were like a taster menu, if all you've got to do is slay... And then fry up a little mm. sousson and have like a little. Ooh, no, ooh, there's nice. no point. There's no point doing a little bit of the animal. Otherwise, 
Why would you bother killing it? What a waste of a death. Can you portion out the life debt you've taken on here? Can you share the burden among your descendants? Because I feel Uh... they're always discovering new creatures. So what, you would leave leave them a list in your will, let's say. Yeah, and then every generation... You you were yet to eat or stuff. Every generation, they tick off a little bit. And finally, when your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchild finishes this ordeal your soul and the soul of each of your children will finally be allowed into heaven because you completed gog's task it's yeah, that, i mean it's right. that, it does sound a, that, that a, sounds fine yeah it sounds a little bit like a curse mm. i think yeah it's a bit like a curse yeah but you know no i, I think that's acceptable if in the context of the of the what if game if it's worth doing you know i feel get it both, done i feel both options are indeed probably the the literal definition of a curse they are both what you are describing is horrible yeah yeah but the only thing that makes eating that was the, it, that was the idea of the game yeah but the only thing that makes eating it the preferable option is that well you get to try new and varied foods that's yeah. something and also you get to eat frog you're not gonna have an exponentially growing stack of dead animals kind of staring at you and exactly and, and Nick and I think Nick touched on this earlier. You've got to probably spend ten years of your life before you even get started learning learn. the artful craft of ta- taxidermy. Yeah. You know how is it that animals don't waste away once they've been stuffed? Because well, I, I think there's, there's anything. I think there's more to it than just stuffing them, from what I understand. There's, yeah, there's some okay. preservation. Well, there you go then. Well, that would take you some time to learn. I would imagine. I imagine but, it would. I, I've seen. Whereas if you just started killing and eating, <laughs> you could get the job done much faster. Well, I, I believe. Or you die. Oh, you, or you'd die trying. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think you might you might just as easily die on the toilet because if you're going to be eating <laughs> nothing but meat the rest of your natural lifespan, I mean... <laughs> and, and some potential poisonous meats in there as well. <laughs> Good. I, should, I should stress you don't have to just eat the animals. Yeah, but I mean... You, could, <laughs> you, probably, you probably would have to in order to get it done. I think but that's the case, yeah. Unless, you don't have to. Unless you're passing on this debt. But like, you can't happily. fill up on bread. For God's sake, the only yeah. way you're going to be released from this curse is to eat animals. It's like if if you went to a harvester and then you just got stuff from don't like, get the, stuff from pa- the salad the bar. wagon, salad bar, not the pasta wagon. <laughs> I mean, wagon. if you if you and your friends went out for a meal, you'd have to bring a little lunchbox of zebra along, wouldn't you? Because yeah. that's where you were in your diet at that point. But that to me sounds great. Does it? Like a zebra zebra steak? Yeah, I could sure go for a zebra steak right yeah, now. Yeah, that's day one. Yeah, yeah, it that's sounds great. Where would, I, where would I find a zebra around here? That's another. Well, the zoos are opening, so there's that. Oh yeah, that's right. That's how we got onto this, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> the, oh my god, but it's like, oh, can you imagine? Can I, can I just have? A, can I just take a sight? The panda, right? I think the panda might be my first one that I would. You hate the panda. delicious panda. You I hate, hate the panda because the panda is the panda is nature's joke like it's an absolute travesty because it, it's uh, so, it, it, like I know admittedly humans have not been kind to the panda we're sure. destroying a lot of its environment the panda itself mm. is not doing itself any favours because it's a carnivore eating the least nutritious food substance on the planet it's like it's trapped evolutionarily between being a bear which eats other animals, flesh. berries, you know, children who get lost on school trips, and a sheep. <laughs> like it's, it's stuck halfway in the middle. So why why is it that the panda didn't move when there was no meat left? 
Which is just lazy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's basically they don't really tell you this until you finally graduate. But when you, if yeah, you learn, panda just lazy. Just lazy. Yeah. Which would make it easy to kill. Oh, I think it'd be very easy and, to kill. And I think it wouldn't be stuff. easy to kill because I think you'd run at it with your harpoon or however you kill a panda, and you'd be like, "Oh, it's so cute though," and that's its natural defense. That's the only thing that's kept w- it alive. Would a panda rip my face off if I attacked it, or would it would it not be that bothered? Is really... it like a normal bear? Can they turn violent? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the que- that's the question I'm really asking. Yeah, think about. The thing about a panda, which I think is worth knowing, is that because because they eat essentially cardboard, because bamboo is essentially like just chewing on drywall, you're not getting anything out of it. They have to eat, I think it's like 18 hours a day or they'll die. Like they have to constantly be eating. And then... See, they would be good at uh, stuff or eat. Yeah, but they wouldn't accomplish anything else. If you could just put the food in front of them... Yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to hunt. So it's like they spend like three quarters of a day, say, eating. If they don't constantly eat this horrible food, they will die. They then spend. They got to sleep. They spend like an hour shitting. <laughs> so a panda does not have a lot of free time. So then, bear in mind that a panda only becomes fertile every like twelve years. Oh my god. And then why? Why every twelve years? I don't know. Just because they're not they're not especially horny. Their cycle. Yeah. So every so once every twelve years for about two days they feel oh yeah. I could go for some. Yeah, I could go for a bit of you know panda panda uh, panda child child making, baby making. <laughs> Gonna go make a panda baby. Hopefully. Uh so then in those two days every every twelve. 12 years, where, bearing in mind, they still have to eat... <laughs> Bear in mind. They have to still have to uh-huh. eat for th- three quarters of that day. They still got to shit for, like, two hours. Yeah. And they've got to sleep. They have to find a mate and hopefully have yeah. a child. I mean, I'm a- I'm exhausted just listening to you talk about it, to be honest, John. <laughs> God knows how the listeners are feeling. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we get on with the show? Oh, yeah. I suppose so. <laughs> we were just That was just us having a chat. Anyway. It was. Who... As a hate, I do. Oh, look, Chris has. Chris, Chris has got Graham. a hate. I've got one. Everyone. Well, it sort of relates to what we were just talking about, which is why I steered the conversation to eat or stuff. Oh. Um, right. Which so my hate uh, is sort of related to lockdown, and I know we tried to veer away from this, but I think it's okay. It's now. got on top of me. It's got on top of me now. Um, my hate is people tweeting the Cineworld Twitter account saying how much they can't wait to get back to the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. You've been sitting in a room for three months watching movies, yeah. and you, the thing you can't wait for above anything else is going to sit in a room and watch movies. To be fair, I can't wait. A, I can't wait. Get a life. I can't wait to go to the But cinema. why? But why? What's the difference between <laughs> that and, and going to the cinema? What you're doing now? About £20 per head. In the comfort of your own home. Yeah, it costs a lot more. Eh? Yeah, it costs a lot more. Yeah. Uh, you have to walk to get there. Yeah, might get wet. And there's, a, there's other people there. There's other people. The, the chairs aren't as comfortable as the chairs in my house. I would say the only thing the cinema's got going for it above my house or anyone's house, Your house is, amazing. is the sound is the sound quality. Yeah, and then maybe the size and of the I, screen. You know, and, and if I turn the telly up real loud and don't care about the neighbours, then I'll be fine. Or your speakers. Yeah. And if you're very yeah, lucky, speakers. if you're very lucky at our local cinema, which, you know, I think just spent a few million pounds on a massive upgrade. Uh, Literally like just mid-February. <laughs> Good timing. Good timing. Um, 
But yeah, you mentioned sound quality. If you go to our local cinema, if you're very lucky, you'll be able to hear the IMAX from next door yeah, shaking yeah, the screws yeah. out of your chair. It's not so much that you I... hear it, but you're just sort of <laughs> internally you're aware of it, like in a horrifying sort of way. You could... I just can't fathom that that would be the first thing you'd want to do. It's definitely not. Let out. It's definitely not the first thing I'd want to do. Yeah, no. I'm kind of. But people are just. Oh, I can't wait to get to the cinema. Why? <laughs> there's, lo- there's so much stuff to watch. There's so much stuff to watch. Maybe these people haven't heard of Netflix. Do you think? Well, do you yeah, think? But... And do you think? And yet they are tweeting Cineworld. That maybe this whole lockdown thing has exposed the myth that is the cinema, and that and that now we've gone this long without thinking about it, without being able to go. That now we're all like. What did we need it for, actually? What was it for? Yeah. Because I can't think of any movie now or in the future where I uh, will be desperate to go to the cinema to watch it. I mean, the thing is, is that before all of this, I did really enjoy going to the cinema. Yes. Like, we would we would all go for those landmark tentpole films, wouldn't we? Go for the Marvel films, Sonic the Hedgehog, significant cinematic experience. Yeah, very, very significant. Getting a sequel, by the way, just so you all know. That is good. I, heard, I read that. Just, yep. uh, so that's... Can't wait for that. That's, Can't wait for that. That's probably for another episode, maybe. <laughs> but um, I mean, this could this could be a really long episode if we get into really, that. really long. So let's not do that. But we should do an episode where we predict uh, the se- the sequel. I think. Um, let's make the, these movies the DNA of our show. Anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did. I did enjoy going. There's a social aspect to it, I guess. Thing is, we've all realised we can socialise without actually having to be anywhere. We have big time. Yes. As a society, yes. massively. Although, having said that, it was nice. It was nice to see everyone <laughs> in the garden. In the garden, would have been great if we'd gone to see a movie. Well, would it? <laughs> it was. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. Yeah, it's it's weird in a way because I kind of like I agree with both of you. Like I agree with you, Rev, that it has exposed just I how bizarre this all is. <laughs> but like Nick, I did, I did enjoy going to the cinema like but i but i think that's like that's saying that now is kind of like admitting you've got a drinking problem like it's kind of it's a realization i I felt yeah i think i felt that way at the time though as well like i will acknowledge that going to the cinema is kind of a waste of money in in a way like i i go for the story and i go for like what i can see happening obviously and you can get all of that at home so like we were paying 15 quid per person to go and watch Here's it. Here's the hilarious. I, I I applied for and got a Cineworld uh, pass just before lockdown as well. <laughs> oh, no. So I mean, they, they did put that on like hiatus in terms of my payments, but like <laughs> just before. And I, I appreciate the cinema. I appreciate the cinema in that if you want to go see a big movie like we did, the Marvel movies and Star Wars and whatever, um, it, it's an, it can be an experience, but I just cannot fathom people saying, oh, I literally can't wait to get back to yeah, the cinema. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the point to take away here is that, yes, the cinema's good or whatever, and may or may not be something we go back and do a lot of, but for it to be the biggest, primariest thing you're looking forward to, that's a little strange, maybe. Probably the thing you've been doing most is what you would do at the exactly. cinema if you were to equate the two. I'll definitely agree with you there. Maybe, like... Having said that, I can't wait to get to the pub and all I do is drink, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's weird isn't it like maybe maybe 16 years ago like if, if this had happened well a i wouldn't have been tweeting because twitter wouldn't have existed no, but like true. god what what a time god, can you imagine golden age exist um yeah so one i wouldn't be i wouldn't be tweeting but 
Yeah, like in in an era where going to the cinema costs like five quid, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. hell yeah! Like, and and there's no, there's no Netflix. Like, uh, I've got dial up at home. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> I got pirate <laughs> movies on the Napster yeah, and all and that. And VHS looks like utter garbage. So, yeah, yeah let's. Uh, yeah, I, I, I also. This has brought up something else that I've thought of. Is there's this idea I think that the cinema experience is the purest, truest way to enjoy film, and and that anything beyond or outside of the cinema is a pale imitation. Yeah. I've only ever felt that way about one movie, and that was Dunkirk. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, maybe. I've only ever felt. I felt like well. Dunkirk, like you had to watch at the cinema to fully appreciate. But it. then, like, uh, I, 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 no, I agree with that, and I agree with, and I think it for Gravity as well, which since watching outside the cinema didn't enjoy as much, and I think both of those though mm. were actually the soundtrack again. Like Dunkirk's soundtrack is incredibly like rumbly and like bassy and surrounding, yeah. and the same is true for Gravity. So. It's like that's an experience, and then if you want to watch a movie, though, you can watch that anyway. You can watch it on your phone. Well, it's like I never saw Avatar at the cinema. Okay. And everyone, everyone, because it was the first proper three D movie. Yeah. And everyone used to say, "Oh, it's incredible at the cinema," but then I watched it on DVD, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's yeah, all right. right. Yeah, it's fine." I yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed. Like, it. Oh, you've got to watch it. It's incredible. I really yeah. enjoyed it. At the cinema. I'm not. I'm not trying to be that guy who's like too cool. You know, like, oh yeah, no, I didn't. You know, I'm not trying to be hipster about Avatar, but I, I think I was like that. Like, I, 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 saw I don't think you cin- can be. <laughs> I saw it at the cinema, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's per- perfectly entertaining. I did well, not have a religious experience about it, and I think it's been on like, it's maybe been on TV over Christmas like a couple of times, and I bet if I had regular television, it's probably it's always playing on like itv4 or yeah. something like that hey but yeah. avatar 2 is coming there, out aren't there like four sequels yeah there's a bunch of sequels and i'm like i have no desire to see <laughs> yeah, that. But it's, just, it's just i mean like I, he said originally after the first one there was going to be like four or five more or something and then and then everything went super quiet for like a hundred years and here we are now and he's like i'm doing a sequel and it's like whether or not he I, plans to do any more than that is at this point completely irrelevant because who the fuck cares about avatar anymore he's just left it yeah. way too long yeah but like the world's moved on yeah Whereas the world of Avatar hasn't, because like, yeah, what stories are there left to tell? I know like, it rounds off. So, like, we saw everything that world I thought needed to be shown. I don't think there's any more there. And and also, there is one thing though that they've changed significantly, and that's oh. the typeface of the logo. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Because Wait. they got blasted massively online because Avatar's just written in papyrus. Uh-huh. Uh, which is yeah, something is, that yeah. comes with every computer. Now, now that I now that I think about it, so they... now it has its own like it has its own identity. Now it's got its own typeface, which looks a lot like Papyrus. <laughs> Did they invent Papyrus for the movie? No, Papyrus had already been around. That's that's what makes it even more of a sin. In that that would not be allowed to happen now. No one would ever do a film logo in in an existing font that everyone had on their computer. I don't think now. No. Yeah. It's mad that they did it then. Yeah, like Ariel Narrow. <laughs> <laughs> hey. It's just weird. Hey, hey civilizations hey. have been built on Ariel Narrow. Let's Where not... would we be without Ariel is our is our rudder in these <laughs> crazy waters? <laughs> I I never stop using the font that I found called Funky Bunny now. That's a shame probably. I, oh I love that. <laughs> love that font. I use it for all my quizzes. Good. I guess. Bear in mind great. who you're talking to. Nick is Nick is like king of the fonts well yeah a font of knowledge you might say maybe 
Oh, maybe a deputy king of, of the fonts, but yes, a font I'm... of knowledge. So, in in summary, Your Honor, um, if the first thing you want to do is go to the cinema when you're out of lockdown, you need to take a long, hard look at yeah. yourself. Yeah, and then come see me in the pub. <laughs> Well, I'll be drinking. I mean, like... Where I'll be drinking, I, not at all. You'll be drinking and watching Star Wars on your phone. On your phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I've had, like, I've had a ton of, like, really amazing experiences at the cinema. Like, I've... Mm. Like, I think... Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, the ten times yeah. I watched it again when you guys weren't around. Um <laughs> Power Rangers. Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. Yeah, um, that was fun. That was a good. That was a good experience. Yeah, enjoyed but that. like uh, the first time I saw uh, the Avengers, like yeah, mm. uh, first time I saw the Dark Knight, these were great experiences. I was drunk for both of them. Um, yeah, we were in Canada. We were. We yeah, we were Dark wasted. Night. Yeah. Um, Inception. That was also a great. Like yeah. uh, tons mm. of amazing experiences, but like you can't go back, and it's really not the same anymore. And it's. Like I still enjoy it, but it's incredibly pricey. It, it really do you think, is. Though, do you think a lot of what it was that you loved about those films was because it was the first time you were seeing them? And yeah. potentially, if the first time had been at home, you would have had just as much of a positive experience because it wasn't how you saw the film. It was the film itself. Yeah. And mm. I think in, 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 it's very in profound, the days where tickets were a little cheaper... Yeah. Because like, I, I think... You've got, to ask yourself, you've got to ask yourself, is it £15 better than if you were watching it at home. And there are some films where the answer is yes, but I don't think they're very um, regular. Like, for example, Gremlins in 4DX, which I saw and nearly made me throw up. Mm. <laughs> there you go. What, what, why? Because your, your chair was... Were you, was it like a moving chair you, kind of thing? Yeah, have you done 4DX before? No. It's no. fucking weird, right? So what I thought it was going to be was there would be like water in the in the scenes like a splash of water and they splash a bit of water on your face or for example um there's a, a car crash or a car hits something and your seat shakes that's what i thought it would be and it is all of those things but there's this additional thing where because films have a lot of time in between the sort of significant moments where stuff happens um what they ha- they have to fill your experience there as well so what they think you need um, is Whenever the camera pans, say from left to right, your seat sort of sways as though you are the camera panning oh across God. the shot, which is simultaneously incredibly unimmersive, completely takes you out of the shot, because, of course, the characters aren't panning. It's the camera that's panning. <laughs> so that just makes me instantly aware that there's a camera in this scene. And secondly, it makes me feel sick. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't fun. Like, the other bit, there's a great scene in Gremlins, uh, you might remember it, where... Uh, she go. The mum comes home into the kitchen, and they're all everywhere, sort of hiding in various places in the kitchen. And she ends up killing one with a mixer, I think it is, or something. Classic, Classic. green slime everywhere. But there's these really cool little cuts where uh, a gremlin will like skitter out of a cupboard across the floor, or like run across the top of the cupboards or something. And whenever those skittery moments happened, something u- uh, under my chair at my ankles flicked my like the backs of my shoes. So it was like a rat had just run along behind my feet. Nah, that was actually, but that, that was actually really good. Like that, that worked for me in, in terms of immersion. But the gliding seat panning around the scene is just fucking weird. That's just so weird. But surely, and I haven't like, been back. Th- that that's like the extension of, you know, three D, like wearing wearing goggles and all that, which for me was always just the biggest gimmick because it's like. Yeah. I get it. 
like I understand that if I'm watching a moving image on a 2D on a flat screen, I understand how reality works. I can see an image. <laughs> I can understand that when Keanu Reeves is a small figure in the background, it's because he's far away. I get that. <laughs> I non- I understand how perception oh, works. I don't small, far away. Yeah, I don't. Oh, it's like I don't. It's like oh, I don't. I don't like gimmicks. 3D films either. To be honest, no. no it's I like don't. when I first watched a football match in 3D. They made this massive song and dance about it. We went to the. Everyone went to the pub to check it out, and all oh, I got my 3D glasses. I've got a good seat, and it was shit. <laughs> I just went. I was like, I'd prefer to watch 2D second half. Yeah, that, that kind imagine. of came and went, didn't it? Do you reckon there's a ton yeah. of people who bought 3D TVs for home? My dad Probably. did. There you go. Does he get the full use out of it? This is what's hilarious. My well, it's not hilarious because I kind of feel a bit sorry for him. But like, <laughs> <laughs> my dad bought it because a cut. He bought it right at the beginning as well, so like potentially the worst time to buy it. Uh, talk about early adopter. Um, and Sky and the BBC were just rolling out their Sky 3D and BBC HD 3D channels, which was specifically for this content. And they've both dropped those channels, and they dropped them about a year after their launch. And Dad's That's like, it. there is no broadcast TV now that is in 3D. So, because they were the only two that were really offering anything significant. So that's it. Like, he, he's got a handful of 3D films, but you can barely get hold of those now either. So that's it. That's fucking it. Money well spent. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah. a good enough TV without the 3D-ness, you know, but it's just, yeah, it's died. Yeah, I do feel a little sorry for him, but there's maybe a... I don't know, there's maybe a lesson there somewhere. <laughs> the thing is, is that even from the beginning, like like the first 3D thing I ever watched, I think, was Alice in Wonderland, the Tim Burton film at the cinema in 3D. And I was like, all right, yep. That was, that that was definitely 3D, fun, I guess. In a way. I don't want this in my house. I don't. I, even my 3DS, my handheld console that has 3D, I, the 3D is always off. Just always off. Yeah. Because it only works if you're... Yeah, in a absolutely certain... <laughs> dead center. To yeah, it. if you like tilt it a millimeter away from your eye line, it all goes blurry. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's great. I'll tell you what though the the one the one thing that cinema has going for it is when I'm at home, sitting comfortably on my sofa, and I've got a drink, I've got some food, watching a great movie, good company. It's wonderful. I'm not having. <laughs> I don't have some asshole. Sweating yeah. and talking in the, uh, in the row I mean. in front pros of and cons to the That's cinema. one thing I'm there's missing out on. pros and cons to the cinema and spending 15 quid to do something that's got both pros and cons that you could do at home seems pointless. I agree. I, I, I remember, I can't even remember what movie I was watching. I, I have a feeling it may have been a one of the Star Wars or one of the Marvel movies. I think it was like a early afternoon showing or something. I just remember, hmm. like, I assume they were a unit or like a family, but <laughs> a unit. Th- these these three people came in and sat in like the row in front of us. They were late into the movie. I'm like, oh, that's fine, you know. And the guy was just kind of sitting there, and he was just, I swear, he was just like kind of sweat was just <laughs> pouring off him in buckets, like absolute buckets, as if he'd as if he'd run a marathon. But he just kind of like casually strolled in. So he's just sitting there sweating. And sighing, like it's like none of them are enjoying the movie. They all just look absolutely miserable, and it's like, uh, uh. 
uh, just making like all these noises. And then they leave, and I'm like, okay, I guess they're gone. And then they come back, and they've all got like a drink. And I'm like, okay, they've bought themselves <laughs> a drink. That's nice, you know. And they Delightful. just sit there, and they're kind of like checking their phones, talking to each other, um, drinking their drink, just sighing. <laughs> and then I think like there's maybe like five minutes to go. Like clearly the movie is very nearly over. And they just go like look at their watch and go, eh, do you want to get, should we get, should we go? Yeah, let's go. And they just kind of got out, got up and walked out. That's bizarre. That Why me, would you pay? Like, if you've, yeah, if you like, I've, I've, I think I've walked, I'm not even sure I've walked out of one movie. And I think that I think I've come close though. And, and I think the reason I haven't done is because I've paid and it's like, this could be awful, but I'm, I've paid my money. So I've, that, let's just at least stay to the end. I can't, I don't know why you would need to leave early. If it was offending you, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you would pick a showing that would. In, yeah. In yeah, surely you know early. what you're gonna do. Like, <laughs> you know your own Only schedule. You do. I can't help you with this. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think now. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever walked out of the no, film. I'm trying to think. I don't think I ever no. have. I walked out temporarily of um, Queen of the Damned because okay. I was okay. shit That's scared. A good reason. So I, I, I walked out to compose myself and then against every fibre of my being walked back in. <laughs> well, and I hated really it. Sold this one. You, you may have it. lost an hour, hour and a half of your life, but think of the respect you gained of your peers. True. Well, th- yeah, think of those people that I don't see um, anymore that liked me for a little <laughs> longer. God, that was a vampire movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was A, shit, and B, scared the shit out of me. Initially. So it was... And it, it was providing scary. shit to you, which you then scared, which it then scared out of yeah. you. So it was kind of like a chain, like exactly. conveyor belt. It's a bit like it was a bit like a public <laughs> service. Good eh? I've got a hate. Go on, go on then. Oh, go on then. I think I hate pirates. <gasps> uh oh. Oh my! Oh my god! Uh oh! I'm, so, I'm so sorry, Nick. <laughs> Which which are we talking? What sort just of just the general are we concept of pirates? All of them? Are we talking cartoon pirates? Are we talking actual well, real I, life I, I pirates? I think if you're a fan of real life pirates, I think you've probably <laughs> got. A- yeah, well, I think yeah, we need to have uh, a conversation. I just wanted to be sure. I just wanted to make sure that I could still claim. Yeah, you as a friend. no, yeah. I'm, I've got to say I hate Pirates of the Caribbean, but I do love those Somali pirates. Like they're doing some, they're doing some yeah. good work yeah. out. There. <laughs> No, I uh, I love pillaging. Okay. I don't I don't want to come down too hard on pirates and that noble tradition. I th- I think there's still a little bit of joy to be had there. Sure. However, I I play a I when I'm bored, I play a card game on my phone called Hearthstone. Oh. And uh there are um lots of cards in that game which uh, claim to be pirates. Don't use them okay. myself. I find them unsavory. But there are a lot of... Because um, of the It's like, uh, you know, they, 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 they're they pirates. Like they're, they're the most piratey pirates that have ever ever existed. Like they, they've got the hats, the peg legs, the hooks, everything. Like the whole mm. shebang. They're like pirate cosplay. Sure. And I got a big announcement this morning when I logged in. And oh. it goes, hey, everyone. Big oh. announcement. Pirates have been upgraded to a 
type <gasps> of minion. They're a type of there are they are a whole class now. You're not okay. just a person who is a pirate. You can now be like, oh, a goblin. Oh, a wizard. Oh, a manticore. No, and a pirate. And I just have this moment of realization where I was like, oh. I'm fucking done with pirates. Like they're just they're everywhere. Like, and 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 I just think like of every everything, every franchise I've enjoyed in my life. Every every be it superhero, be it uh, fantasy, be it all that nerdy stuff, whatever. There's often a token pirate character, and every time they turn up, I'm just like. That is true. Fucking hell! I'm, you know, I just, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of dodgeball at the moment. Yes. Oh yeah. Steve, yep, Steve yep, the yep, pirate. Yeah. Okay. There's. That's a, that's the definition of dodgeball. I, um, pirate. I, I know that you said I'm sorry, Nick, and and I understand why you said that because uh, two of my favorite like franchises are One Piece and Skies of Arcadia, both of which are at the core of them essentially pirate stories. Um. But the funny thing is, is that I don't think either of those stories are like what what pirates generally are pervade to be. Um, like One Piece is a superhero story, essentially, because it's basically about loads of people in a world that have superpowers. And Skies of Arcadia is about boats that fly through the sky. So it's kind of like not really that connected to... I mean, it, it is in the sense that like yeah. there are kind of pirates, but they go to great efforts, both One Piece and Skies of Arcadia, of saying like pirates are bad because they do horrible things like violence and pillaging and uh, other unsavory things. But we're good pirates, which to me is a way of going, we're not really pirates, but we just want to use the label because it puts people in a certain mindset kind of thing. And I think that's the problem is that these stories are always butting up against this consistent issue of pirates and murderers and rapists. Yeah. And they're, they're literally the <laughs> worst kind of people. But there's also some weird public obsession with the romance of pirates. So if I'm going to tell a story where my character is a hero, but a pirate, I'm going to have to make some weird, like, s- like separation to make it work. And I think that's stupid. So I do agree with you to some extent. I do. It strikes me that um, pirates are as far away from their real life counterparts as you could hope to be. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes, I can't think of I can't think of any any sort of character or genre that is further away from the real life equivalent as pirates. I think that's very true. That is that is a very wise statement. Thank you. I, I thought so. Yeah, I think like story pirates, like fantasy fiction pirates, are always these sort of uh, swashbuckling heroes. Yeah, but where did and that come from? But where the fuck did that come from? Because yeah. like. Even back in the day, which is the, the, the era that they're sort of like homaging, they were monsters then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got like, there's a pirate spectrum where at one end you're like, <laughs> as you say, like super realistic, where like they all had scurvy, rickets, yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the raping, pillaging, it's horrible. And they, they haven't washed in like years. It's just gross. Yeah. yeah. Other end of the spectrum... I, I guarantee, I bet if you if you turned on like um, Channel Disney or something, there'd be, you know, oh, Petey the Pirate and his wonderful Ahoy! friends, you know. Yeah. Like, Yaha, we're all going on a cuddly adventure. Friendship you know. quest. Wow. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, there's some steps involved, but I don't know how you jump from one to the other. Yeah, yeah. that's my point. Like, yeah. two extremes. Yeah. And somewhere in the middle, 
uh, as, as Nick said, you've got like a franchise trying to walk like a, a tightrope on like or a, or a plank. Oh, <laughs> or a plank. Yeah, I get it. I Why? get it. <laughs> Why did you say John, plank? John doesn't. Know. Uh, just one of the lazy stereotypes I've picked up over the many years I've been alive. <laughs> Modern life is is very disappointing. And modern yeah. life is... What's your point? Tax returns, <laughs> nine to five, you know, drinking one too many bottles from a fridge each night, even though you from tell home. yourself you're not going to do it. You know, little modern life is mundane. So, if tomorrow a magical portal opened in front of me and some whimsical character popped their head out and said, John, we need you to come to the magical world of... Oshlandia, Osh- and you know, like, <laughs> join us on. I, th- I think you've just, ma- I think you've just made that up, John. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like you made it up. Yeah, come to Oshlandia. It'll have an adventure, and like, there's a part of me, there's a part of me which would be sorely tempted. I'd be like, my God, since I was a child, I have dreamt of this moment. Like, I can escape reality. Sure. Step through that fucking portal. If I land on a boat, and the first thing I see is some whimsical fucking pirate. Who's maybe got like, I don't know, he's got two hooks. He's got a hook on each hand and he's got a hook in each eye. And he goes like, Yar, welcome to the the jolly. Hello, hello. The jolly thunder. And we're all going on an adventure. We're going to get the magical dread pilot, dread dread pirate smith's skull. I'd be like, nope. Nope. Where's the portal? This was fun. I'm back home. I'm going. I'm going now, though. (laughs) Um, <laughs> where where did pirates get a reputation for having uh, an eye patch? Yeah, good question. I don't know because that's the first thing anyone would think of when they think of a pirate. This is the weird thing, isn't it? Is that pirate has been condensed to shorthand of uh, eye patch, wooden leg, mm. parrot, stripe, stripey jumper, stripey jumper, three cornered hat, red bat, red bandana. Yeah, a lot of red and gold, um, and I don't know, probably a telescope what? or a hook hand uh, or something. Has yeah, has a parrot. Yeah, and it's just. It's, it's the thing is is that like i i agree with you on the basis that i'm sick of zombies it's the same thing yes it's it's like it would ju- it's just the same thing it's i don't care anymore like there, there's no capacity for telling something new inside that genre or or at least nobody's bothering to for some reason and i don't if, know why if you if you break down like the word pirate doesn't it basically just Arr. mean <laughs> to steal something like if you pirate something you're you're stealing something yeah i think it's basically just thief but of the sea pirate 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 video yeah but yeah you have pirate radio for example which is nothing to do with boats at all so if you so basically if you just break down the definitions what you basically mean is it's a thief (laughs) who lives on a boat like that's not yeah that's not magical that's not exciting it's a scurvy thief but then you have I I until more recently than I would care to um, divulge. I always thought that pirate radio stations were offshore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think some are. To I don't know. I, I think some were. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I feel like that's I feel like that's in my brain for some reason. I think it's easier if you're offshore because it's easier to not be found. I guess. But um, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. No, like. There are some things about some pirate stories that I consume that I like, but I would argue that it's not the pirate parts of those stories that I like. 
it's not the fact that they are a pirate story that I like them. It's the fact that there are way better other things in there and that maybe the pirate parts of it I could be a little embarrassed of. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I never got pirates rather than I'm bored of them now. I don't think I ever got them in the first place. Fair yeah. enough. I just... Yeah. Why do they get su- Why do they get such special treatment? I feel that ninjas are up there. Yeah, ninjas like, are definitely up there. And they're also awful as well. Like, ninjas were like shadow assassins who were, were generally considered to be dishonourable and, and monstrous. What the hell? Why are we idolising ninjas and pirates? There's, um, there's a chap called uh, Chris Broad who um, runs a YouTube channel called Abroad in Japan. I was going to tell this story. <laughs> yeah, he, he talks about he talks about living in living in Japan, and because uh, he can speak a bit of Japanese, uh, he was working in a school, and they were doing an exercise with the pupils where it was like, uh, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" So they they asked um, they, they they said to him, "It's like, uh, so Chris, what what did you want? obviously in Japanese?" But they said, "You know, what do you want to be when you were young?" He said, "Well, when I grew up, I uh, I I desperately wanted to be a pirate." And everyone just looked at him, horrified, and we were like, "What? What? Why? Why would you do that? Like they're all they're all like what? They're all like rapists and murderers." <laughs> because like culturally, clearly, the Japanese do not have this romanticized idea of pirates, which we do. So, and also presumably, when you when you translate that into Japanese, you're basically saying, "Well, when I grow up, I really want to be a sea thief." <laughs> I want to be a sea murderer. Yeah, I just want to like <laughs> steal other people's crap, basically. What is weird about that story, though, and, and I don't know exactly when it happened for him, but I did indeed watch that same episode and found that very funny, is that the two pirate stories I do like are both Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> that one is true. One Piece and Sky's Bucket. There's a common denominator Japanese. there. Yeah. But maybe they maybe they like those stories and created those stories because they think they're doing some massive like role reversal thing. Because mm. culturally for them, pirates are monsters. So if they do a story about a heroic pirate, for them it's juxtaposition. For us, it's boring because we've just done it f- fucking thousands of times and we're sick of it. If I if I hear anyone go yar yar, mm. I'm instantly it's an instant buzzkill. I'm. How do you just... feel about <laughs> National Speak Like a Pirate Day? Yeah. It's a good day. How do you feel about that? I think I, mean, I can. I think I can I've guess made my, how you feel about it. Yeah, I think I've made my my stance quite clear on the map. Right, so he likes it. That's cool. Yeah, that's what I thought. Message received and understood. But yeah, that's cool. me. That's me. Fair enough. No, I can. I'm, I can, with, I'm I, with you. I think on that one. Thank I'm you. I'm sort of ninety five percent with you, aside from the two that I like. So, um, I've got. Oh, hate. please. I hate psychedelia oh, uh, and psychedelic <laughs> imagery. Hello. I'm just like, in the same way that you're fucking sick of pirates, like, it's, I'm just like, yeah, oh, I, I honestly think psychedelic, psychedelic imagery is always going out of its way to be like weird and different. And it's the most mundane kind of weird I think there is out there. It's like, ooh, imagine a pair of lips that open up and there's a flower inside. And then, ooh, like a tube comes out. And there's a submarine in it. <laughs> and it's like, fuck off. I, oh, I'm so... <laughs> It's just, it's just so un... It's like when people just try and be random, you know? It's that like, I'm so random. Oh, cheese. I just said cheese. <laughs> we're, we're basically sl- we're slaying all the sacred cows this episode, mm. you know? 
big cinema. I, do, I agree. Yeah, I don't like random for the sake of being random. It's up there when people say, I want to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ooh. I just want I really to want to, I really want us to go viral. I mean, I'm sure you do, but fucking hell. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is a crime. So what, um, what brought this to your attention? Why? Well, I recently, I recently watched, and I actually already forgotten what it's called, but I've got it up on my phone <laughs> uh, just to remember myself. Oh yeah, that's it. I watched a documentary on Netflix a few weeks ago called Have a Good Trip. Ah, and mm. it's a really good documentary. It's about a load of um, celebrities talking about acid trips that they've had and, um, and, and kind of like giving you a bit of an insight into what it's kind of actually like and the, the difference of how it, what it's actually like and how it's compared in the, in the media. And interestingly, a lot of what they say sort of goes against the idea of psychedelic imagery because although psychedelic imagery was really popular at the time, the acid was really popular in like the sort of 70s era, uh, 60s, 70s era, it's, um, it's actually like weirdly nothing like that either as well and, and yeah. like but the documentary uses a lot of psychedelic imagery as their sort of like chapters between each of the interviews and it's a really good doc because like this it's it's well-known people like ben stiller and um sarah silverman people like that talking really honestly about acid trips good or bad and it's it's really really interesting to hear them put it into words ben stiller's taken acid once and he hated it and it was like the worst yeah. thing he ever did um, and he, I can't imagine that. I don't know why. Uh, I ben, actually ben thought Stiller on acid. Yeah, I thought yeah. I thought he'd be someone who'd done shit tons of drugs and stuff. But he's actually just done acid once, and apparently when he was on it, he called his dad, and his dad was, <laughs> and he said like, "Dad, I really need help. Like things are, <laughs> things are really bad right now." And he told him he'd taken some acid, and his dad was like, "Well, I know what it's like because I remember when I was a boy, sort of your age. I uh, I had my first cigarette." And Ben Stiller was like, at that point, I knew that my dad had no idea what this was like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, like they, the, the documentary itself kind of took the piss out of it. Because it, like a lot of people were saying how much the media basically always gets it wrong when, it, when they're trying to depict acid trips and what it's like to be on acid. And, they were, and then they were showing this psychedelic imagery, which was kind of at odds with everything that people were saying. And I was just like, so it's not even right. From that perspective, it's not even actually a good representation of what it's like to be on acid. What's the point of it then? Oh, I'm so sick of it. I, do, I think it's ugly, to be honest. I don't like the look of it. I remember... Um, can we can we couple tie-dye with this? Yeah, probably, actually. Yeah. I'd accept that, yeah. There's... Um, so I think that, that deserves to be lumped in with it. Yeah, definitely. Lucy is a Lucy is a massive fan. Oh, I I don't think she'll mind me saying this, and if I if I do, she'll um, she'll she'll punch. Uh -oh. she'll, if I do, she'll punch me in the back of the head tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> or now, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, yeah, once you're right, tomorrow morning I'm going to punch a in the back of the head. Lucy is like uh, a massive fan. If you're ever in a new town and you might pass like a shop, and it might be called something like Esoterica. Or, okay, uh, I know what you mean. Oh, sure. We've got one in Cheltenham called like um, oh, it's oh, got a leopard like, leopard print. I know. Front. You, yeah, it's like it's a it's a quirky looking shop. It would be called, it's called like Shamalamala uh, or something. Yeah, like Sham that. yeah, Shamalamala <laughs> or <laughs> the, the Devil Armament. You know, like and and, yeah, and you go yeah. inside and it's nothing but Tat. incense and <laughs> tie dye and um, neon colours and it's like. <laughs> I, I, and I, I've learned to accept that these shops are a part of my life now. Like we'll, we'll, we'll go in, and just kind of have a look around and stuff, and I don't mind them. But I'm a bit like, I, I do feel like you're trying a bit hard, aren't you? 
Like, I feel like it's lazy creativity. I think I think anyone could sit down and go, "What if a pair of lips turned into X?" And they could just fill that that blank in with like, "What if a pair of lips turned into a boot?" <laughs> you know, and then but that's <laughs> but somehow <laughs> that's okay as far as psychedelia goes because anything weird or silly or stupid or random is just fine. And so it's like, well, yeah. there doesn't have to be any thought process then. There doesn't have to be any filter. It's just garbage. Oh. There must have been a point though where it was genuinely like New. incredible. Like somebody yeah. looks at that and go, "My god." Oh yeah. I think there probably was and I think we missed that because we we were born <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> of all the it's funny how like I don't feel it's the same well it's probably the same for Chris Ray because we went to school together, but like for you Nick, probably. when you when you had like drug education like growing yeah. up at school, quote unquote. <laughs> it it always it, it led through fear, basically. Yeah, like definitely. Don't do X because you'll you'll end up living under a bridge somewhere. Don't do. <laughs> and with acid, it was always never do acid. Otherwise, in thirty years' time, when you're working in an office, you'll have a you'll have a flashback, and you'll throw yourself out a window because you think you yeah. can fly. It's really interesting you mm. say that because they actually reference that in the documentary. They say that the biggest, most communicated myth about acid is that when you take it, you might throw yourself out of a window. That, <laughs> and a lot of them reference that exact anecdote that they either saw that happen in a, in a sort of uh, you know, public health announcement thing or that was what they heard a mate had done you know, who took acid. Yeah. They, they had jumped out of a window. There was this weird, somehow super successful like story about people jumping out of windows on acid and i don't know how that happened <laughs> maybe someone did i don't know maybe maybe they did i mean the, oddly enough the, on, the only story that springs to mind about uh falling out of a window is um i think it was in toronto there was this really <laughs> horrifying and kind of funny story <laughs> about, <laughs> the best about kind. a bunch of students were being given a tour around some financial company who happened to be based on like the 58th floor of this massive skyscraper like a boring kind of real life job but the guy giving the tour was showing him around this really high-rise office and he showed him like the floor to ceiling window oh god and he 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 banged on it and he said uh don't worry he said like hammering on it he said this is like this is so strong it could like a bullet wouldn't crack it and he said, look, oh, I'll show shit. you. And he ran at it. Oh, my God. <laughs> knocked the window out of its frame. <gasps> and fell to his death. Oh, shit. God. Oh, my God. Where did you hear this? This is a real thing that happened. It's horrifying as it is. Yeah. But this is, where was I this? I think it was in Toronto. In Canada. I think it was in Toronto. Oh, and when he hit the Jesus. ground, the plate glass was completely intact. He wasn't, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think it, Imagine it was that. something like that. I think the glass was fine, but the uh, the frame <laughs> around it hadn't been secured. The glass, the glass walked away. That's, um, that's astonishing. That's horrifying, John. But at least he wasn't on acid, I guess, is the one thing we could... That'll be the last thing I think about before I go to sleep. You're yeah. welcome. That's another curse for the episode. Yeah. That's two curses now. Great. It's yeah. a hex upon you. It is, but it, yeah, but what, I guess my point is like with all the fear of like teaching people about drugs, they just kind of scare you into never wanting to try it. Yeah. Like yeah, out of maybe. all of them, I think acid, they, they scared me the most about acid because they yeah. were kind of like, it will ruin think, your brain. 
I think, yeah, I think that the myths around acid consisted of um, hallucinations and what you'll see and how scary and, and, and how if you have a bad trip, of which there is a percentage chance that you might, um, mm. you, you almost could never recover psychologically from it. Something really, really interesting in the documentary that a lot of people, a lot of the celebrities interviewed mentioned is the one rule, or well, there were a few rules actually, but the primary rule of, of what not to do when you're on acid is to look in the mirror which really scared the shit out of me just hearing them say that because basically when you what, what would happen to you would you like turn inside out well i think like that's what they kind of allude to is this idea that like when we look at ourselves we lie to ourselves a lot oh no and we we make a lot of a lot of psychological defenses have been built up over many many years and when we're on acid sure. because we're slightly hallucinating anyway you see this horrible, horrible truth that may not even be, that may not actually even be the truth, but you suddenly see yourself in a way that maybe other people see yourself. And you, that combined with the fact that you're off your mash on ecstasy pipes means that like you really kind of lose your rag a little bit. So yeah, the big no-no is don't look in mirrors. Cover all the mirrors in your house if you're having an acid party. I can imagine that's a bit like when you when you're super drunk which kind of like when you're like university level drunk which i <laughs> thankfully haven't been in like 15 university years yeah level. yeah but it, it's, that, it's that point where you get home and you know you're wasted but there's still like this one little gem of soberness inside you which is sober <laughs> enough to know how bad you are that you're drunk yeah and, yeah and you think okay just lie down and sleep it off and you lie down and the room is spinning Oh God, it's the worst. And I've, oh, that I've is, always that kind of, is, yeah, that is the worst. That is horrendous when your 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 brain is so busted that you're like, <laughs> I kind of I kind of imagine looking in the mirror while on acid. It's a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. When they said that, I I sort of immediately understood without understanding. I was like, huh. yeah, that's that sounds horrible. Like I have enough trouble looking in the mirror when I'm sober. So like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I um. I do like the idea that there's like uh, there's rules like you know you've it's, you you just pulled yeah. up you're in your first kind of you you know you've got a, a bunch of good friends around you you know a lot of them have done it before there's a few kind of bean bags you're all getting comfy and they're like all right man you know your experience <laughs> is going to be entirely yeah that was I think that was um... you you know you, you know it's just going to be like a personal voyage of discovery just you know enjoy the colors it's going to be wonderful one tip. Don't look in the mirror, and <laughs> yeah. when the guy offers you an apple, do not accept it. Okay, off you <laughs> Whatever go. Whatever like, you what? do, <laughs> well, go, what? Go. Okay, and whatever enjoy. you do, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then his like foot turns into a mouth or something. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm out, and then I don't give a shit anymore. And then he like, shits oh, a flower. Shits out a flower in a submarine. There's, yeah. I, I can't remember the name of it, which is probably going to make this the worst anecdote ever. But oh, there's that oh, one. It's off to a bad start, to be honest. Okay, bear with me. I'll see if I can pull it back. There's that one hallucinogenic drug, which I think comes from a... It's like a bit like peyote, a bit like... Um, it's oh, yeah. It comes from like a cactus-y kind of plant, Okay. I think. And it, it's a massive hallucinogen. Like, it does insane things to you. But it, it, some people kind of consider that, like, the kind of trips you have while you're on it are like so spiritually transformative mm. that like they say like if everybody did it like if everybody did it just once it would solve all the world's problems <laughs> that kind of thing like we yeah, don't just really yeah no it's really interesting you say that because um one of the first interviews in the doc is sting 
Oh, right. and he tells a really funny story, and he he doesn't he doesn't tell it in like like this is really funny sort of way, but it is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the first time he ever tried peyote, which apparently he's now like well into. By the way, like he loves it. That's why he, um, that's why he's a sexual engine. That's why he, <laughs> that's why he can fuck for furnace. twelve hours straight now. <laughs> yeah, probably. So the first time ever, like his mate his mate left him like a glob of it or however you get it. I don't know. Yeah, and he was just like enjoy this and then he fucked off right so so sting's just at home with a little glob of peyote and he's like oh what what should i do so he went out he went out for a walk in his vast you know grounds as it were and he was like well there's no one around my wife's out for the day you know there's no one here on my fucking farm i'll just nom this right down he just mm. ate the whole lot right? oh, got him. so he ate it about half an hour later he was like ah uh, yes i'm starting to feel a little bit strange <laughs> and at that point his like farm hand guy who lives on the land but like in a separate house and like manages the land and everything is like sting sting i need sting. you i need you to sting I need- <laughs> Sting, come hither, I need you at once. And Sting's like, nah, mate, not now, though, because now's a bad time because of reasons that I can't disclose right to you at this minute, but no. And he's like, seriously, there's no one else around. It has, you need, I need your help right now. And Sting's like, all right, what is it? And he's uh-huh. like, I need, you to, I need you to help me birth a calf. <laughs> so he, he had to go into a barn, getting gradually more and more fucked out of his mind and help a farmer pull a calf out the back of a cow and he said that was my first ever trip like is he sure this happened (laughs) i mean i he could have pulled anything out of anything couldn't he i mean i don't know and then he woke up and remembered he doesn't doesn't live on a farm (laughs) what what did i birth (laughs) what did i birth what did did i pull out of what (laughs) i remember um, chest of drawers there's a guy called Oliver Sacks. He wrote a book. Uh, he's uh, he's um, a brain scientist. Uh, <laughs> and um, he wrote a book on hallucinations. It's a really good book. And oh, cool. He, 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 he's taken a load of drugs in his life as well. You got it. And I remember him saying like he was house-sitting for his parents. And he, I don't think it was acid or something, but he dropped, he dropped something and, and felt like... And he, I remember he, he was saying like he... he, he he took it and he thought, "This isn't really doing anything. Like I'm oh, not yeah. really, that I'm not really cap. getting, I'm not really getting anything out of this." And then he said, "Like he looked at the carpet and the entire Battle of Hastings was playing out, <laughs> like in miniature on the carpet." And then he kind and of he still wasn't getting anything. And no, then he kind of still not getting. It. And it it was two days later, and he had kind of like oh, no really? idea what had happened. God, brilliant. And he said at one point he said he heard a helicopter landing in the back garden, and he was so happy because his parents. Had a, had flown in by helicopter to come and see him, and he and he Definitely. ran out, and there was no helicopter, and he was he was utterly distraught. Oh. And then he, and then he said at one point he experienced indigo. <laughs> He's, he, that's, pretty, that's that's pretty cool. He knew what indigo was. And then <laughs> and, and, and then he lost it. He was he was he's never been able to find indigo again. Yeah, but it's interesting what you said about um, yeah. that that story about pe- everyone taking it and solving all the world's problems because that's almost word for word what Sting said about peyote because he's he loves that shit like he's just he's just taking a bite of it while they're interviewing him. That's not, tr- <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> but he's, he's like he's a bag of day man now. Yeah, exactly. He's like I genuinely believe that if everyone had the experiences I've had, that we wouldn't have like most of the problems in the world. And you got to wonder. I don't know. He certainly, could be right. Certainly what, we're, certainly what we're doing at the minute isn't working. So let's try peyote, everyone. <laughs> I read um, 
I read like uh, this kind of essay this guy wrote about how he went to a quote unquote spiritual retreat somewhere oh, in yeah. South America. Yep. It was like a week long, and the entire point was to take this drug, like a bit like peyote, peyote or a bit like whatever. And the idea was that a ton, a ton of people were there, and he said it was basically like you kind of had, you had like a, there were like bunk beds, there were kind of like rooms and stuff where between sessions you could, you know, sleep and everything, get a bit of food. But each session would be like kind of 12 hours long or however long the trip took. He said, so you'd all come into like this big open room and there was like a ton of mattresses just kind of like spread out. So you just find a mattress. Wow. And you've got a bucket as well. Find a soiled mattress. This does not sound like a glamorous thing to do to be doing. But but he said basically like every day they took the drug in various concentrations and you had to kind of like drink it. Oh he God. said so you'd all line up to get like a little kind of plastic cup with this thick kind of syrup in the bottom. Yikes. <laughs> and he said and it was you had to kind of like get it down you and he said it was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. And then he said, like, you just went back to your mattress and waited for it to happen. <laughs> and and he, and he said, what like... A, what a life. What yeah, a what, life. What a world. One of the consequences of the drug is that you almost immediately start shitting and vomiting. Like. Oh, my... <laughs> so the mattresses are soiled then? Well, that's what the bucket's there for, Nick. You know, we're not Wait, animals. So you, sh- you shit in a bucket next to your mate who's also probably shitting in a bucket at the same time. Oh, yeah, no, dignity is... It turns out when you've taken enough drugs, dignity <laughs> and clothing are just uh, a construct. Yeah. They're just a lie we tell ourselves. And uh, That's probably true, to be honest. And he, and he, and he basically described it as, as lucidly as he could, but he, he basically said at the end of five days, like, he'd... He'd had this complete kind of spiritual revelation, or maybe it was just like blood loss. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> the thing, the one thing, it like all of these stories, sort of the linchpin of all of them is I can't put into words what happened to me. Really, like I can communicate about five percent of what happened, um, which is why all of this psychedelic imagery and everything is trying so hard to approximate it because you can't. Yeah. Um, but like the one thing they all say is that that or not all of them actually to be fair but like a lot of them say is they have this spiritual awakening and i've got to say that's a massive selling point for me because <laughs> i really <laughs> i really want a spiritual awakening like i really want something like that please that would be lovely thanks i know i and it, and it would be great but again <laughs> and maybe and maybe maybe this is the conspiracy maybe like it turns out it's wonderful like it it, it, it turns out it's amazing <laughs> yeah. but i i I have been so scared by those secondary school drug talks. Oh yeah, talks. God yeah, I'll never do it. I'll never. But a spiritual do it. awakening might just be to everybody else going loopy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It might be. It's probably not worth the risk. But so which is right? Which is right? This is one of the things I admire about you, Rev, because you are actually one of the most down to earth people I've ever met. And <laughs> Thank you. like. Uh, a we need re- you at this time. <laughs> a spiritual revelation is. You're correct. One thing. But somebody also has to put the bins out. That's so true. Yeah, and like we we can't all well, just be on a mattress shitting into a bucket. Well, hang on, we have established that Chris will take the bins out because that's what he does. It's one of so, my jobs. Yeah. So Chris can take the bins out. You and I can have a spiritual awakening, John. There we go. Done. Problem okay. solved. Okay. Bring your own bucket. <laughs> as, long as, as long as there's beer and I can have some beer, that's fine. You can definitely have some beer. Yeah. 
Knowing my luck, the day I finally work up the courage to drop acid, I'm going to expect to sit on a hillside and wait for like this massive flaming lion's head to like rise above the horizon. But instead, yeah. I'm just going to like catch my reflection in like <laughs> yeah. in a bit of broken glass and just lose my mind. <laughs> don't don't look it in the eyes. Oh no! Oh God! Yeah, there we go. Oh, drugs. God love them. Ah, uh, well, don't we have um, Do- some? We have a very specific user, listener, a community user, hate well, listener. We we hate we do at, we true. do have actually probably one of the most uh, contentious. Uh, well, not contentious because everyone agreed, but probably one of the most incendiary <laughs> uh, yes. hates we've ever had. Yeah. It the, set uh, it set the uh, show called Hate Forums on fire. <laughs> we've had literally three posts about this. <laughs> Maybe less. Maybe less, yeah. <laughs> Maybe less. I don't know how the algorithm works nowadays. Um, <laughs> I can't see all the answers. But no, uh, Imogen writes in and says, uh, I hate, I hate Ooh, pull hate. tabs on food packaging that don't work. You go to open mm. a packet of chicken, you pull the tab, and it just rips off the entire border around the packet without actually opening it. Yes. Horrible. Make it stop. Yes, please. It is. It is annoying. Please make it stop, yeah. It's one of those things because then you can't then you can't peel the rest of it off because you've got no tab. No, you ch- and also the there's like sometimes there's a tab on every corner, and it's almost yeah. like it's taunting you because it's like if 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 one doesn't work, you've got three or more options. So I try them all, and they all don't work. <laughs> they just come off in like strips, and then the yeah. whole thing doesn't come off, and then you have to get a knife out. Yeah. And by the time you've done all that, you might as well have just had it in a box. You might as well have cooked it yourself or something like fuck. Yeah. Hell. Yeah, I go straight to the knife nowadays. You, As you, you do for you, everything. You're, you're sensible, John. You're saving time. Seppuku. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I also purchased a a wet scone, so I have sharpened all the uh, the, oh, the, the kitchen serious. knives, and now it's it's uh, no longer is it a burden. It is a joy to bring mm. out a knife now. In fact, all There's you have to do more satisfying than a good sharp knife. All you have mm. to do now is bring your knife like near to it, and it runs away from yeah. the knife because it's so sharp. So that's good. We um. We we buy uh, because we're creatures of habit. We buy this um, this one bit of fish from Tesco's like every week, like mm. a bassa bassa fillet. Yeah, we have a bassa every oh, week as well. I like, I like a, you can do a lot with a bassa. How do you, you how do you have yours? Uh, we fry it in uh, soy sauce, ginger, and garlic with some chilies, and nice. and then have it with asparagus and rice. It's Ooh. very good. We make a. I'm taking the bins out instead. <laughs> And chewing on a fish finger. Yeah. <laughs> Cooked at 210. I, lo- oh, I love fish fingers, though. Don't oh. get me started on that. Oh. A, fish, a fish finger is, is Gog's quiet grace. That's how a I know. Fish fi- a fish finger sandwich is the greatest um, shit for brains food you will, you will ever eat. That's how I know God loves us and wants us to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way we know. <laughs> what else have we got? Yeah. No. Anyway, you were the, saying you get a batter. Yeah, and, and the, the wrapping... Oh God, it's that, the worst. Yeah, it, it's horrendous. It's possibly the, the. Not only does it not tear in a neat way, it's also it's made of like I don't know, like the stuff they coat. Oh, is this the, is this the like, one that's like glued to the yeah? To the packet? It's like vacuum yeah, sealed in. But the problem is, it's like the bottom tray is like fiberglass or something, and the top layer is like transparent aluminium, and the two are like bonded <laughs> together on an atomic <laughs> level. And then if you cut, if you cut around the fish. It's still bonded somehow. Like 
There's yeah. no there's no surface for them to be connected anymore, and yet I can't separate the aluminium from the fiberglass. It's insane. And it kind of weirds me out because I'm like, what is it about the bassa that requires that level of security? Because I don't think any other fish is treated that way. It's because it's still alive. It's because it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it must be. If it gets hold of your knife, if it gets hold of your knife, John, you're gonna have to leave that house. But it's like, is is this the equivalent of like middle management? Like, has that cling wrap, has that film which will not tear, is that the equivalent of the manager who's promoted to the level where <laughs> they can't go any further, but they can't get fired? They're just good enough. Apparently, like, they're just performing this one function absolutely fine. Because so they just do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> who's the young go-getter kind of nipping at their heels, forcing them to do better? Clearly nobody. Clearly, because that well, cling wrap is still there and it's still bloody awful. Yep, can't wrap a fish in cardboard. That's what I've always said. That's what your dad. That's what your dad <laughs> used to say. To you. That's what dad used to say, and now I say to my nephew. You know, we, we're we're us angel lads. We always say that one thing: you can't wrap a fish in cardboard. Anyway, yeah, we agree with you, Imogen. It's, I agree with that. It's actually hard yeah. to disagree. Like uh, we, really we've, we've we've I unified. Tried. The entire community behind this one statement. That's a that's a that's a first. That's got to be a first. Maybe we are doing something good here. I don't know. Probably yeah. not. Probably not. <laughs> Morally neutral, I would say. Well, who's got, got a love, love then? Who can turn this around? <laughs> I've got a love. Go on then. Um, Hit me. Well, I I will. Uh, I'm about 15 years late to the party. Oh, I like but this. But I have recently been watching the American version of The Office. Oh, oh. he's joined the. And I'm bloody loving it. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm to hear absolutely it. loving it. I think it's great. I thought I'll give it a chance because obviously I'm running out of things to watch that I haven't already watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I'll give it a chance because it's on Amazon Prime and I've got uh, that set up at the moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, really, really enjoying it. I think it's one of my favourite comedies of all time, if not my favourite comedy yeah. of all time. And it gets, it literally just gets better and better and better. And there's like nine seasons of it, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm on. What am I on now? I'm just into season five. Brilliant. You've got so much more to come. It's amazing. So it, it's, it improves as you go along as well. Yeah. Because it becomes its own thing. Really I, does. Speaking of somebody who has only maybe seen bits here and there, how many seasons are there? I think there are nine. Is, is it nine? Yeah. Do they solve the office? They, sol- they solve the office. Yeah. The office is solved. And then they... They, ri- and then the they riddle take of- flight to their home planet. <laughs> the riddle the of the office is put together and solved as the mystery. Um, no, it, very, it does very much end in a very satisfying and concluding sort of way without spoiling anything. Um, mm. But um, well, I assumed it. Well, I assumed it yeah, would. But it's um, it's a hell of a ride along the way for sure. How would yeah. you sell it to me? Oh, okay. Hey, John. Hey. How are you? How, How are you? How did you get in my um, house? Don't worry about that. I've got in before and I'll, I'll get uh, in you again. Can I... um, it was me. I, I have a lot of tools. Anyway, just ignore me for the rest of this. Uh, hour, please. Who said yeah, that? Who said that? <laughs> who is, who's, who's here? I'm under your sofa. Don't worry. Um, would you prefer to um, do taxidermy for the rest of your life or watch The Office? <laughs> so there you go. Done. So Done. I, have, I, have I sold I... it to you? Will I be paid for my services as a taxidermist? Almost no, definitely no. not. Again, I ignore would, me. I'm would, if anything, you would have to pay for the materials. Yeah, there's a lot of work involved. And your time, your time is money as well. Don't don't forget. Can I eat the casks of the office? I 
wouldn't recommend it, but yes. I mean, it, if you can find them, potentially. I don't know where they are. No, I, I would sell it by but, saying it's got very funny uh, elements to it. In fact, it's all it's belly laughs all the way through each episode, I would say, um, for a lot of it. Um, and uh, if you haven't given it a chance, I would suggest you do. Because I, 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 I was reluctant like... to, and I'm glad I have uh, changed my mind. I think I have that reluctance as well, if only because I, I hear it's really mm. good, but I've heard it's really good from so many people. I completely agree with you on this. Like, yeah, that's a real problem for me. If, if someone keeps telling me to watch something, I'm so much less likely to watch I th- it. I think, you have like to, I think you might watch dance. the start of it and think, ah, it's <laughs> Shut okay, up about but... The Last Dance. I actually want to watch that. If you say it more, I won't yeah. watch it. Just shut, shut up about it. <laughs> Stop it. What are you watching tonight? I was going to watch The Last Dance, but now I'm not. You should. You should watch The Last Dance. It's great. I'm going to watch the US Office yeah. instead. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll watch that. <laughs> I feel... I always hear from people that apparently, for them, watching The American Office is like... For them now, it's like their go-to default mm. program. Yeah. Like, if you're ever... Those moments where like there's too much choice on Netflix or you cannot decide what you want to watch. Just whack I on... Think- I think there's a few shows like that, like these sort of shows that you can almost just start from the beginning, go right to the end, and then after the last episode, you could just go back to episode one, and it can just be your ever-present background show that when you're not sure what to watch, you just put another one of those on. And I think the US Office is yeah. one of those. But um, and that's not necessarily a selling point because <laughs> it's, it's that suggests. Yeah, that suggests it's just background noise. And I would say that, although it becomes that maybe with repeated like runs through, the first time through is is one of the best comedy experiences ever. I mean, the only but, the um, only thing I've ever watched properly is probably the scene that everyone's watched, which is the guy, uh, Kevin, as I now know his name is, uh, spilling the chili everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> which which is brilliant. And that's the only it bit I've, that's the only bit I've ever watched and become familiar with before the last couple of weeks. Right. Cool. But yeah, really enjoying it. So I would recommend it if you're reluctant to give it a chance, get over yourself and just fucking do it. Well, what I what I would say on 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 that subject is like look out for Michael Schur because he's one of the writers and he also appears in the office as well. Mm. Um, and anything he touches just seems to for me just turn to comedy gold. He had a hand in The Good Place. In fact, he created that. Mm. He had a hand in Parks and Rec and Thirty Rock. He had a hand in the new show that he's made with Steve Carell, which is Space Force. Yeah. Um, and every everything has that same quality of when you put it on, you know you're just going to have a great time. Um, watch, it, fo- watch his name. Just follow him around. Well, uh, you introduced me, Nick, to Parks and Rec and mm-hmm. 30 Rock. And I, I think they're both brilliant. Like, Well, at, they are. At, it's exactly yeah. the same. US Office is literally the exact same style of humour in every single there way. There you go, John. That, I think Nick's just sold it to you and I just said you had to do taxidermy except all, unless you do the other one. So I think between so us we've got it covered there. Maybe just about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would have gone with the second pitch, not... Oh. Well, you say, okay, you well, say yeah, that. That's... Both pitches were equally good, I would, I would say. Yeah, equally... I mean, equally, equally, con- equally convincing. Equally convincing. They both had... Aspects. Yeah. They both embodied something which the other one did not. Both had similar all... levels of passion and expertise. This is all great feedback. Like I'm, I'm writing all this down. Yeah. Just so you know. Well, I've got a love. Oh, yeah. Go on. Butter. 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 Brilliant. Yeah. Good. <laughs> well, right, Nick, what's your love? <laughs> 
Go on, go on, John. Oh, go on, I'll bite. Oh, oh, John. Okay, well, that's, I'm, gl- I'm glad very, you asked. That's very interesting. What do you love about butter? Jesus. Well, what do you, you love about butter this that is, I don't already love this about is, butter? This is painful, isn't it? Oh, no. Okay, okay, well, okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Bear with me, right? Okay. Okay. I mean, we will for a bit. Growing up uh, with butter, my family was always a uh, margarine kind of family. Okay. Like, we always had flour. Golly, John, that's so interesting. Please carry on. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> okay, so now you know I like a plain food. Yeah, you do like, love you. You, a, you yeah. know that like if I've got the option between caviar and dry toast. This is why I'm surprised about butter. To be honest. Well, well, here's 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 the thing. Here's the thing. So like I would always have like if I'm eating toast, I'd have like a bit of marge, bit bit of flora. Other brands right. are available, but a bit of flora. Okay, and I'd have like some jam on top. Like that was always the that sounds the, like the too magic. much flavour, if anything. That's, that's the thing, the lot. magic combination. Bit of There's sugar, a lot going on there. To be bit honest. of fat, loving it. Over time, when I felt the the jam was maybe a bit extravagant, oh, it is definitely. Yeah. I'd <laughs> rein it in, that and that's massively extravagant. And no, I discovered I've seen you eat jam straight from the jar with a teaspoon, though. Just saying. Yeah, that's why I don't keep it in the house anymore because I can't I can't control you myself can't control around yourself. jam. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, fine. But I was like, okay, all that sugar. John, you've not been working hard enough. You don't. You don't deserve that sweet treat. <laughs> just have. Just have some. Some flora on your bread. Some flora on your toast. And it's like it's wonderful. Okay. Dial it back. Yeah. Yeah. Dial it back. So <laughs> we got. We got a butter dish. We got like a thing Ooh. you keep butter on with a little lid. Yeah. But it's and... Yeah. It's a butter dish. Yeah. Yeah. A butter <laughs> dish. Thank you. Yeah. No. I just. I know you're. You're an uncouth fellow. I know what a. Ray, I know what a to... butter dish is. I don't okay. own a butter dish. Okay, so Just one day I was think I I felt like John, you've been working very hard this morning. Mm. You're feeling a little peckish. Why don't why don't you why don't you toast that bagel up? I was like, you know what, I will. Thank you, John. So I sliced that bagel and I put it in the toaster and I gave it a light a light browning and I took it out and I thought to myself, what am I going to put on that bagel? And I was yeah, going to smear some <laughs> flora on it, as is the usual. And then I thought to myself, no, John. You pay the mortgage, <laughs> part of it. <laughs> You're paying a mortgage. You're working hard. Why don't you put some butter on that bagel? And I did, and I smeared a bit of butter on. And I took a little bite, and I was like, "Ooh, that's nice." <laughs> I see what I was th- talking about. And then I thought, "Ooh, I think it needs a little extra." So I got a little salt grinder off the shelf, <laughs> and I gave it just <laughs> a just little. Say, put some more butter on it. <laughs> I put like a little, a little spritz of salt on top of that butter. Oh, that's and... that's bold. Ooh. Hot, hot, salty, buttery bread. It's amazing. And also, in lockdown, I've upped my cooking game. Okay. So, and this is where I'm going to round off my my TED talk on butter. But right. it turns out, like you're like, how can I be a how can I be a good cook? How can I take my cooking to a whole new level? Butter. Butter. Yeah. It turns out the answer <laughs> is butter. It turns out if you throw a shit ton of butter into anything, yeah, it I will just taste the, um, amazing. Yeah. I think the French learned this. Quite a while ago, um, but I do agree with it certainly that butter makes good butter make uh, butter but, butter make good things nice butter make good. butter make good though butter please. make good can <laughs> I uh, butter please sir thanks one butter please well yeah but this is my thing it's like uh, I've really upped my pasta mm. making yeah oh yeah you got a bit of butter you run a bit of butter through pasta. 
Delicious. What have you have you made your own pasta? No, 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 no point. The shop bought it'd be cheaper, easier, and better. So don't bother. And yeah, it's not homemade. But I could now make a great, a great pasta sauce where I'm like, okay, chopped up my tomatoes, get them simmering for a good while, get them kind of get those sugars developing. Gonna slice up a bit of chorizo, bit of chorizo, chorizo, Throwing a bit of throwing yeah. a bit of chorizo, you know, get coricho, getting a bit of chorizo, chorizo, cori, cori, get a bit of coricho on there. Get some of that sausage from the other world. Get that, what's that red sausage called with the bits in it? <sighs> get some pepperami on it. Okay, bit of pepperami, yeah. bit of chorizo. Slice up, slice up some mushrooms. Get that frying. A little bit of oil. Get oh, it started. Fuck mushrooms. You throwing some? I mean, I mean, I mean, fuck my. Oh, I've said it again. <laughs> and I'm like, what you've got there? is a mediocre collection of fried veg and a bit of salami. Some ingredients that are hot now. You throw a dab of butter in there. Oh, yeah. It's going to take it to a whole new level. Going to take it to a whole new level. And if you take a scoop of your pasta water, that starchy pasta water, and you throw it in, you've got the makings of a fine tomato sauce right there. So it turns out we've been lied to all these years. You don't need to go to culinary school. You don't need to know what you're doing. If you throw a shit ton of butter on everything, it will taste amazing. Yeah, that's fact. my top tip. Cool. I mean, I think I did know that already, but but I definitely yeah, I, feel, I feel like I heard that somewhere. Definitely do agree with you. Definitely agree with you. Isn't butter now supposed to be better for you than margarine as well? They're always flip flopping on that, aren't they? Yeah. I nobody know. knows. Nobody. Nobody will ever know. Science. We'll find out in a Science few years. Science can't sure. answer that. I can imagine that if you're rubbing it into your pores or your eyelids, and yeah, I, yeah, like I wouldn't want to eat it for every meal. Not every meal. The only thing I hate about butter, right? And let me get on my butter box about this. Get on your high cow. Is that, like, it's always either solid and unusable or a puddle of liquid. Yeah, that's true. And that's why we invented Marge, I believe. (laughs) What? I don't, I can't be doing with hard butter. My dad used to, like, microwave the butter to make it usable and, like... The probability of him getting it right to the point that it was soft and spreadable <laughs> was like one percent. The rest of the time, he would just have like a bowl of liquid butter, <laughs> which we would dip our crumpets in. <laughs> I, I do remember when uh, when I lived in uh, when I lived in Canada, we once accidentally left uh, a pot of margarine out on the side. <laughs> and it was so hot that it turned oh to God. it turned to golden liquid like i don't know wow. what like what do you say it, like, when like is margarine ambrosia? meant to melt i don't think it's supposed to what ever temperature? melt it won't, it won't, i don't yeah i don't think it'd be particularly high would it no. i mean it's, it's a bit more resistant than butter it didn't recover basically is what i'm Did saying it not? no oh, that's kind couldn't, of couldn't couldn't bring it shape kind of back. terrifying but yeah i agree butter's great Thank you. Yeah, butter's amazing. Yeah. Go I'm eat some you. butter. I'm with you. But, yeah, everyone. Hey, that's that could be a takeaway. Just go eat more butter. Here was me worried that that was going to be boring. <laughs> I don't know if that was sarcastic or not. I really don't know. I, neither do I. <laughs> so if well, you listen um, to this podcast and you haven't decided what you're going to eat tonight, maybe it, consider... Make it butter. Maybe have a nice knob of butter. Just have a knob of I, butter on a knife. I, I will just say, yeah. just to wrap up, I remember once seeing in the early days of the internet one of those eating challenges, which oh, no. you don't don't really get quite oh, as much yeah. anymore. But they were doing like um, butter. butter eating 
competition? <gasps> like how much like just raw butter could you... Surely there's a, a point, and that point isn't far from zero, where you throw up just naturally, just yeah, yeah. automatically throw up. So they all... See, right now I feel like I could do a lot, but I think in, in actual practice, I, I probably I think I could well. eat one spoonful of butter and then my body would be is like, it... no, no more. But it is weird though, isn't it? Because I bet overall, if you had a bagel and you, yeah. fact, you, you added up all the butter you smeared across the entire thing, it probably is like a teaspoon. But if someone just gave you a teaspoon of butter... It's like mayonnaise. Oh, I, I, would, eat, I would eat that. It's, no. It's like mayonnaise. I fucking love mayonnaise. I'll put mayonnaise on my sandwiches. I'll, put, I'll dip my chips in it. I'll probably get through a tablespoon of mayonnaise per meal that I have mayonnaise with. But if someone gave me a tablespoon of mayonnaise and just said, chunder down, my friend, I'd be like, you go to hell, sir. Oh, no, it's rough, isn't it? I could not eat a spoon of mayonnaise. But, but... I've only recently got into mayonnaise. Really? Like it's the US office? Very, like, like <laughs> I'm talking this year. Really? Wow. Yeah, I never liked mayonnaise before. It's uh, I one like of the it best. Now. It's great. you got you got to get on to lockdown. Really has changed me. It really has, doesn't it? <laughs> I drive. I like mayonnaise. You watch what the else? US Office. You've got to get yeah, on to US Office. Sriracha next. Yeah, get I like, on no, to... we got sriracha. We got sriracha in the fridge. Oh, sriracha and mayo together is possibly like the greatest Ooh. thing in the world. Okay, Ooh, I'll, chef's kiss. I'll merge them then. Ooh, I'll chef's merge kiss. them. Chef's kiss. Ooh. The only the only thing I'll say about the butter eating competition is they were all struggling to eat like a stick of butter. And then right. they they got out a ton of sugar, and they dunked oh, yeah. they dunked the butter in the sugar. Oh my god! And then took a bite, and they were all instantly like, "Hot damn! This is great! This is incredible!" Like the moment really? you add sugar to it, yeah, it bypasses your human brain. Like you're, suddenly you're in cheesecake territory. Well, apparently the human body is like set up for accepting a mix of sugar and fat. If you can, and that's why we love ice cream so much because that's literally all that is. Yeah. Um, if we can give the body purest sugar and fat possible, we will just go crazy for it. So that does make sense, I guess. Yeah, because it's... Isn't it amazing that the thought process is, oh, this butter's too bad for me. I know. I'll, I'll dip, it, dip in sugar. it in sugar. <laughs> well, it's like... Because it's like, in, as Nick said, like in nature, it's really kind of rare to get any kind of food which is both really high in fat and really high in sugar. Yeah. It's generally like one or the other. So if you ever say like, oh, I want something really sweet, I've just got like a craving for something sweet. If someone said, well, here's a bowl of sugar, go hog, hog wild. You'd be like, nah, don't really, don't really fancy that. But if somebody said like, well, here's a cookie, here's a biscuit, here's a cake, which are pretty much like 50-50 sugar and fat. Mm. That's what you want. You actually, what you really want is that magic combination, which <sighs> just really, doesn't I exist really in nature. Cake now. Yeah, I'd love a cake right now. I could uh, destroy a cake. Would you want to take us home then, Nick, with your love? Yeah, well, my love's quite simple, really. Um, I love it when someone uh, accidentally emails you with an email that wasn't for you, but was for someone <laughs> else and talks about you in it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? So, um, I had a client uh, email uh, another person in the chain who, uh, who was not me talking about my design work and... Uh, <laughs> oh, no! And, uh, and how it was uh, not... Uh, let's just say very good in their opinion. Oh shit! Like, like normally, I'm quite fragile when it comes to my own personal uh, <laughs> work and uh, people saying negative things about it. Luckily, the the one thing that like working as a designer has taught me is that I've sort of separated my brain. I've got like illustrator Nick and I've got designer Nick, and designer Nick is a hell of a lot tougher on what he makes than illustrator Nick is because I've had to deal with a lot of shit mm. from people who have no idea what they're talking about. 
And and luckily, I know for a fact that this guy got completely the wrong end of the stick. Like he he did not know uh, what he was talking about, and I I knew I was right, and it didn't affect me negatively in any way at all. But it was very very funny, <laughs> and I and I took a, a huge amount of pleasure in replying immediately to the email. <laughs> Brilliant. I don't think this was meant for me. I what just, did you do? I just, how did you how did you play it? So basically, he accused me of copy and pasting. That that sometimes oh, that sometimes really? all, all I do is copy and paste. Um, and uh, what the, the the reason he'd accused me of that is because I was following brand guidelines. So I was essentially using brand elements of his brand, and building uh, uh, a new object in a series of objects that had come before. So obviously, it looked very similar to those that had come before it because it had to be a it had to be part of that family, and b it had to follow the brand. So I was reusing a lot of elements, but I I did do it was an easy design job because I had a formula to follow for it. But I was definitely designing something, building something, and 100% following his brief. Um, so I just replied and basically said that. I said, um, I hope you understand that, uh, that I never copy and paste and that I always do um, the utmost amount of work. And that I, I uh, yeah, I hope you understand that I'm not uh, a lazy shithead designer. <laughs> I mean, I didn't use the swears, but that's essentially what I said. Um, and it took him like a full 24 hours to reply to that. <laughs> I bet I bet he's mortified. Yeah. Uh, it um, yeah brought me a lot of uh, a lot of weird sort of pleasure actually. <laughs> did, did you get an apology of sorts? I did. His reply came in the form of because it was on a Friday. He replied and he replied at five like five twenty nine on Friday, <laughs> and it was like um, I will uh, I will email you. Uh, no, I will call you on Monday about the email I sent, and that was it. That was all the email said. Oh right. And okay. I was like, great. So he's buying a weekend to think about what he's going to say to me on Monday. <laughs> And true to his word, though, he did call and he did apologise. And, uh, yeah, he was very, uh, very meek, shall we say. But, we um, had, uh, yeah, we had funny. some training at work about, like, good email, like, data protection and practice, like, to kind of stop that sort of thing happening. And another big one was, like, sharing an email or kind of, like, forwarding an email. Yeah. That there was nothing, like, there was nothing bad in the email but it had like but a whole thread. email chain. And if you just scroll down, you'd get like a load of like really dodgy stuff in there. Yeah. Like, Karen, a... cancel my Pornhub subscription. Oh, and also. Yeah. <laughs> Renew my Pornhub <laughs> subscription. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, yeah, I had, uh, I remember an experience where I was working on a, I think I was working on a, it would have been like an anthology or something years ago. It, it didn't ultimately, I didn't end up being involved with it, but I do remember the guy who was reviewing my story responded to me and he'd left oh no. the email thread in below. Oh no. Yeah. And Nightmare. like, he, he, and I don't know, he hadn't said, he hadn't said anything negative, but like, if you just read the discussion, it was like him and this other guy in the company kind of like, talking about the story and he's going like what do you think of this and the other guy's going like i don't know it's all a bit of a faff isn't it (laughs) about my story and i was like oh you know what i was like maybe this isn't for me (laughs) yeah maybe i maybe i don't need this (laughs) i'm done yeah uh i think it's i think it's not always a pleasurable experience i'm sure plenty of people have had like a bad time with it where they've said where they've said something really quite horrible but um i guess i was lucky in the sense that i uh felt incredibly justified in what I'd done and knew that I'd done the right thing. And at which point it became highly humorous to me. We Um, have so many people at my workplace who 
don't seem to understand the difference between reply and reply all. Oh, really? Oh, God. Like, that's like a minor bugbear of mine. I don't think it's worthy of, like, a full hate, but when it's, like, somebody high up kind of messages a bunch of people because that's their job, and then one person responds to everyone and just says, like, yes, I think that's very good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, why? (laughs) How have you got to this point in your life without understanding how these things work? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Emails. Oh, 21st century problems. Mm. What's it all about? Um, well, here we are. At the here end. we are at the end of this, we are. this little journey. It's been lovely. I've had a nice time. Yes, I've had a acceptable time. It's yeah, been, it's, it's been moderate. It's been at least better than 50%, maybe. Yeah, it's been all right. Yeah, it, it, sort of. So, on that note, gentlemen, what do we think won this evening? Is it love or hate? Well, butter really had me um, <laughs> conflicted, um, but I think I'm going to go for hate. Uh, that's unlike you. Um, I... What do you think, John? I do really like butter. <laughs> yes. And I want to bring some positive positivity into the world. So I'm going to be contrarian, say uh, love. Cider. Well, I'm going to say hate because... Yes. Um, Imogen added to the mix and gave one more point to that side. And we go. can all agree with that one. So I've got to say, hate tips it for me. I'm okay. I can live with that because I think a lot of our hates finally took down some institutions that needed it. Yeah, yeah they need to be Take knocked that. down a peg. Take Hollywood, institutions. pirates, psychedelia. Yeah, smash them. Fuck for a lot of them. Yeah. Well, Tell your friends is, what you saw. This has been a delight. Wonderful. What a treat, what, what a treat this has been. Yeah. Uh, is yeah, there okay. anything we want to? Is there anything we want to say before before we we go our separate ways tonight? Um, um, just a just a promise that we'll um, we'll watch Sonic the Hedgehog two and yeah. yeah, we'll tell you. We'll tell that's you good. That's good enough for now. That's definitely that's a guarantee. That's a show called Hate Guarantee. Take that to the grave. Suckers. We will watch Sonic the Hedgehog two whether on Netflix or <laughs> in a plague chamber. Yeah. Whatever it is they call cinemas in the future. <laughs> um, yeah. How do we how do we end an episode? How do we how do we sign off? Oh, the same as always, I would have said. Yeah. Which is yeah. uh in the way that uh Nick is about to tell us. Uh it's just my trumpet solo normally, Tr- isn't it? Trumpet, trumpet. solo. Oh no, we're we're losing reception. Oh.